You're listening to the AIHL Podcast with Bernie Mac and Stephen White. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2019 AIHL Finals have arrived and here on the AIHL Podcast we have an absolutely monster show as we head into the finals weekend. I'm your host, Bernie Mack, and I'm joined on the line by AIHL commentator. He's a little battered and bruised after a big regular season, but he's all pumped up and ready to go for the finals, Stephen White. Thanks, Bernie. And yeah, well, to be honest, where did that time go? I mean, it was only just, a, you know, I, in my opinion, just a, a moment ago, we were talking about the Mighty Roos at uh, the Worlds, and here we are at the weekend of the AIHL finals. So uh, without further ado, I guess we get into it. Yeah, the preseason always seems to fly by every year, and uh, and here we go. We're getting ready to crown another good All Cup champion. And look, we've got an absolutely huge show coming up. We're going to speak with CBR Brave Captain Matt Harvey. He's coming up uh, also to help us break down the second semi final. Newcastle North Stars forward Sammy Banger joined us. I had a heaps of fun short chatting with those guys, Steve. And uh, look, I'm really excited to be able to share that with the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly two teams that uh, many think are looking to feature in the good old cup final but uh, there's four teams in it and plenty of time between now and then so we shall see yeah, and actually let's let's talk about those teams uh our two out of the four teams they only qualified for the finals last weekend and i think it's very important that we tell their story uh they are none other than the perth thunder and the sydney bears but look let's start with the thunder down in uh, in melbourne down in your neck of the woods uh they managed to pick up a pair of wins against the melbourne ice to, to secure their spot in the finals uh but look it came down the wire they had to they they had to secure that point on the saturday to make the finals and then whether they won or lost was going to dictate whether or not they played the CBR Brave in that first semi-final, and uh, they got the win and uh, uh, managed to hang on to that third spot on the RHL ladder. Correct. Yeah, two very um, dominant performances from the Perth Thunder on the weekend. They made sure of their finals, uh, both their ticket to the finals and where they would uh, finish on the ladder, that being now third spot, and they'll take on the North Stars at in the 7 o'clock game on Saturday. Uh, look, they, they looked uh, very, very good on the weekend, particularly on the Sunday game. They made it look very easy. Um, look, no, not to discredit the Melbourne Ice. They're obviously, they're, they're out of contention for some time now. They've been blooding a lot of youngsters, and they've only got two of their remaining imports left. Petrowski, oh, actually, one of their remaining imports, excuse me, John Petrowski. Um, so, look, yeah, I think... Uh, they weren't going. The the Melbourne Ice weren't going uh, full tilt, but they were just trying to. It's still about experience and finishing the season on high. But the Thunder just uh, too dominant in the end. And I I think that the, with the Thunder, you know, they had that really slow start, and then they had that I think nine ten game winning streak in the middle of the season, and that sort of turned it around for them. And they built this momentum uh, all the way through, and they've sort of uh, got to hit their straps at the right time. But uh, as uh, you'll as we speak to Sammy and, and Matt, you know, the one-and-done format, it's, this regular season is a bit of a wash. So uh, they've got to bring their A game, obviously, on the weekend. And, and obviously having that series of disappointments over the years where they've made the semi-final, never got past the Saturday. Um, I talked to Dave Ruck after um, the game on Sunday, and he was just like, right, you know, well, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. We're obviously at the end of last season, they said they were so disappointed um, considering you know, that final last year and the one the year before too. Um and that they, it's really imperative that they get there on the Sunday and anything can happen there on the Sunday. So uh, obviously taking it one game at a time, but I'm, I'm uh, let's hope for, for their sake that they can break that uh, semi-final hoodoo on Saturday. And um, who would you like? Who'd you like the look of in the Thunder? It was it was any player that stood out for you over the doubleheader weekend? 
I think Kieran Webster, you know, he's just had such a great season breakout year for him. Um, and it, it just going, obviously picking up that one of the awards over there in, in Perth uh, last week, he's just gone from uh, strength to strength in his uh, his career. I mean, he's obviously a feature of the Mighty Roos team now. But, uh, you know, this year he's, he's just topped all of his um, his personal numbers. I mean, he had 10 points in 2017. He's got 42 this year, 21 and 21 in terms of goals and assists, playing with uh, Marcotte and Value. He's found some very, very good chemistry with those two guys. And, and Dave Ruck's shown a lot of faith in him and his development. And he's been um, that real sort of breakthrough star. I mean, the, the questions obviously around the thunder at the start of this year were uh, the secondary scoring, obviously, with the departure of Bremner to the ice and Jordi Kiros not playing um, as much um, this year. But uh, Kieran Webster's, uh, you know, come come through with the goods and, and really stepped it up. He only had five assists last year, and he's, he's just absolutely smashed it this year. So he looked really good. Value and Marcotte were, were great as well. And um, Vixen looked very sharp in net. So I'm uh, the Thunder looked very good coming into Saturday. But as we said, regular season's a wash. It all, it all comes down to the semi-final. And uh, look, the other team to qualify for the finals over the weekend was the Sydney Bears. Uh, they had to take on their crosstown rivals, the Sydney Ice Dogs, on the Friday night to make sure they punched their ticket. And uh, look, they did it, in, I'm going to say, in pretty convincing fashion with a 4-3 win. Uh, look, the Ice Dogs made a game of that one late, uh, picking up, a, they scored their third goal with just 20 seconds left uh, to certainly give the crowd a, a game. But uh, I will have to say that the Bears did play pretty well through two periods, jumping out to a four-goal lead uh, and then sort of managing the game quite well from there. So uh, the it was a very impressive performance by the Bears and, and I got to see some of their young guys in action, uh, particularly guys like Jake Radcliffe. Uh, he's certainly seems to have stepped up his game, playing with a lot of confidence at the moment, spends a lot of time on the puck, spends a lot of time with his head up, and um, he's constantly peppering uh, the goaltender with shots. So uh, he was one guy I really liked for the Sydney Bears, and uh, this is another team that, yeah, is really picking up the pace as they head towards finals. Yeah, four-point night for Ratcliffe on the Friday night. And if I'm correct, I mean, I didn't watch the game, obviously, but uh, all the scoring was in the third period. It was nil all until the second intermission, if I'm not mistaken. Um that, that's crazy. I, I don't think that that's been a battle of Sydney like that for a while. Um, but it was actually, no, it was a good, it was a good physical game actually. I, w- I will say Thomas Manko, Sydney Bears defenseman, he wound back the clock and he was running around like a wrecking ball. He um, he actually buried someone in the corner. I was like, oh, who was that? I took a look over the boards, none other than Vlad Rubes. So I mean, I tell you what, the uh, <laughs> uh, the res- it was uh, no love lost between those two when you got guys like Manko burying guys like Rubes. So uh, very physical game, very tight checking game in those first two periods. Yeah, well, if you're coming in like a wrecking ball, as long as it wasn't the Miley Cyrus version of it. But, <laughs> but no, look, um, and yeah, testing Vlad out, but uh, you know, at his age, he's still a, an absolute machine of an athlete. So, um, yeah, look, the Ratcliffe, as you mentioned, 4.9. He's the, the key to the Bears, like Kieran Webster is the key to the Thunder, I think, at that secondary score. I mean, Gautier is obviously their uh, main offensive weapon uh, this year for the, for the Bears. Uh, he's been like the Ryan Law or Charlie Adams of, of 2018. Um, but guys like you know Timmy Timmy Newmark and and obviously Ryan Ansley, who's the catalyst on that uh, blue line, sets up the rush, um, much like Quayle did for the Ice Dogs all season. Um, but great to see the Bears back there. weren't as convincing this year as they were last year. I mean they had a real purple mm. patch last year, but now they've got a they've got they're back to full health. I mean Schlamp has returned in the last three four weeks, um, and so that gives them that uh, that bonus, particularly on the power play and, and you know 
providing the screen there in front of the net. And we talked to Brian Funes about that a couple of weeks ago. So um, that's a big boost for them. But uh, yeah, I say keep your eyes on Ratcliffe and, and Adam Dowder too. He's a he's another sneaky um, point scorer there for the Bears this season. Yeah, and no, I will give the Bears uh, credit. Also, their power play looked quite good. Um, unfortunately, the Sydney Ice Dogs they found themselves in a bit of penalty trouble there on Friday night. So I did get to see a fair bit of the Bears power play. Uh, I also managed to catch up with Sydney Bears coach uh, Ron Kapowski after the game. Here's my chat with Ronnie. All right, I'm here with Ron Kapowski, coach of the Sydney Bears. Ronnie, uh, impressive 4-3 win tonight. That's four wins in a row against the Sydney Bears. You take home the Wilson Cup in 2019. Yeah, it was a, a good result. I mean, you know, we were, we were hoping for for uh, to take that Wilson Cup back again. And, um, yeah, it worked out a little better than we were than we anticipated. But, no, it was a good effort by the boys tonight and, you know, a well-deserved, a well-deserved win. Now, with the uh, three points, you guys clinch your playoff spot for 2019. That must feel pretty good. Yeah, it's a relief. I mean, not having to sweat it out on the last, uh, you know, on the last Saturday of the year, and you know, putting too much pressure on the guys. So, yeah, now we can concentrate for uh, for Newcastle now and start to plan plan ahead for next week. Now, last year, City Bears obviously making it all the way to the finals, pushing the CBR Brave to overtime. Uh, do, 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 how do you build on that experience for 2019? I think we just stick with what you know what we did last year, and um, you know just hope we can get the lucky bounce like they got last year, and you know take take the final take the the win at the end. Yeah. Now, one thing I've been really impressed with the Sydney Bears this year is the amount of young players coming into the team. Just talk about some of those guys that have obviously boosted the quality imports that you've had. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've got to keep developing some of the younger players, otherwise eventually you're going to stagnate and die. But, I mean, we were lucky. We got, you know, Timmy coming in this year, um, you know, Tommy Stevens again. I mean, you know, some of the young guns, you know, playing their first year, Jake, his first year. So uh, a couple good acquisitions, a few young young players that are playing their hearts out and um, and a few development players for the future, yeah. Now, look, there's plenty uh, plenty of um, spots up in the air for the AIHL finals. You could be matching up against the CBR Brave on that Saturday. What, what are your thoughts of that sort of potential matchup with uh, with the Brave? you got to kill the Giants sooner or later. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Ronnie. Right. Good luck. Hey, thank you. Beautiful. Well, there we have it, Steve. That was my chat with Ronnie after the game and uh, probably one of my favourite quotes in season in 2019 when I asked him about matching up against the Brave. You've got to kill the Giants sometimes. So that's the mentality of the Bears heading into semi-final number one. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, there's all there's, there's that flip of the coin sort of mentality, right? So you, you, would you rather face them in the in the semi or would you rather do it in the grand final? As far as the Bears are concerned, look, they, we all saw what happened last year. Uh, they nearly won it. That second period where the Bears came back, I thought, oh, here we go. David's going to slay Goliath. And, and over time, the, the, the Brave uh, pulled it off and, and deservedly got their first good all cup. So the Bears will have that uh, fresh in the back of their mind. I mean, they, they beat them in the first game of the season. Um, but, you know, you could argue that the Bears were... Uh, sorry, the Brave were arguably depleted at that stage of the season. However, it wins a win. Um, so... I think they psychologically, the Bears know they can they can knock off the Brave. The Brave are going to be very very strong. Uh, so I I think this is, you know, they're both going to be great semi-finals, but this one's the one to watch. Yeah, look, and with that, Steve, let's jump into our semi-final number one preview between the uh, obviously the CBR Brave and the, the Sydney Bears. Uh, I mean, what what a what a game to to start the weekend rematch as we've mentioned of the finals. Uh, if, uh, as we're going to hear from Matt Harvey in uh, our chat with him a little bit later, it seems like the boys are coming. The the, the Braves are certainly coming to this rested and ready to go. Correct. Yeah, they've had two weeks off. Uh, 
trying to keep busy on and off the ice and, and also take it easy so they don't, uh, you know, that's the other thing with, you know, athletes, you know, ask any sports psychologist, you don't want to be overstimulated going into the weekend, but you don't want to be understimulated too. It's finding that, that balance um, that puts you in that peak performance. Two weeks off um, is, is a little bit of a, uh, it can be tough, uh, but then again, you look at the AFL finals, right? And they've now got the week before the, uh, between the end, end of the regular season and the start of the finals. So it can work either way, as we discussed uh, last week. But uh, it's interesting watching uh, the, the Bears, you know, uh, they won their last three. Brave won just about every game. The Bears were the only team to knock them off um, in uh, regulation this season. Um, having a look at uh, the, the Brave power play is just, uh, the power plays are actually a, a about even, I think the Bears are sitting on about 19.6%. Brave are about 21.7%. Uh, the the PK though, uh, the Brave have a deadly PK, uh, 87% to 80%. Um, both of them can be uh, very effective, but you're looking at two teams that uh, special teams almost negligible. Like the Brave obviously have the edge and the, the PK, but uh, this is this is just uh, such a um, such a uh, tantalising matchup. I mean, it was actually sorry the second game the Bears knocked off um, the uh, Brave in regulation back in May four three. But uh, all the games Brave mm. only won the Brave only won the first one by three. Uh, then the Bears won by one, and the other two were both three goal margins. Uh, so it's not you know it's not a, a, a in terms of the Brave beating the Bears this season, hasn't been a complete one-sided affair, uh, but it's been close. And as I said, semi-final, finals weekend, anything can happen. You throw the season out. It's a, it's a cliche, yes, but it is true in, in our you know Frozen Four-esque style format. Um, mm. But bring this one on. If you're only going to watch one one of the finals, or you can only watch one of the finals for whatever reason, this one, pick this one. <laughs> and look, just just off the back of that, I think there certainly are going to be some fireworks in this game. The final matchup these two teams had in the regular season, there was over 80 penalty minutes dished out. Uh, the Brave came out winners in that one. So, it, look, both teams are going to be, A, they want to step up and play physical, but at the same time, they're not going to get into too much penalty trouble and they do want to make sure they keep their heads so there's no suspensions heading into a potential final. Watching the... Um, Earlier in the season, I did manage to catch the Brave playing against the North Stars up in Newcastle. And one thing that really impressed me about the Brave was their speed breaking out the puck. If it's not the defenseman breaking out the puck from behind their own net, it's the forwards like Jesse Gabriel coming up, picking up the puck in their own zone and moving it through the neutral zone very quickly. If the if the Bears are going to have uh, any chance of beating this Brave team, they can't let them pick up speed through through that neutral zone. They're really going to have to have their four checkers go in and try to disrupt that CBR, that CBR uh, brave attack. This is not a brave team that you can just sit back and let them come to you. If they've uh, gotten to your own end and they're allowed to spend more time, they're just allowed to spend time on the puck. They're going to set up with those quality forwards, and they're going to get plenty of chances. For sure, and I'm sort of thinking, am we going to see a return of the the Bears wall that was uh, a staple of their game for about 10 years? I mean, they changed it up quite considerably the last couple of years, but that might actually be. Um, the, the wall across the red line, the trap, for want of a better, for, for more hockey nuanced terms. Uh, but looking at, you know, the Brave have such, so many offensive uh, weapons um, that the Bears are going to have to contain. Obviously, Gabriel and Adam can beat uh, two of the, uh, and Joey Hughes, probably the th- three ones that you would want to keep your eye on. But you, you're quite right. That breakout pass, I mean, Annesley does it for the Bears, Quayle did it for the Ice Dogs. It's all about that first breakout pass and who you're going to hit in the wing. If they can shut that down uh, and take um, take the middle of the ice away as well, um, then I think the Bears have got a good chance. 
but otherwise it's going to be a long night at the office for them um, and Kimlin. Um, can't rely on Kimlin to steal your game all the time. He's a he's you know elite goalie, but um, you know it's and and the Sydney you know this. So I'm not trying trying to teach him how to suck eggs, but uh, they've got to uh, sort of share the load so to speak amongst the team, and that's how they're going to get it done. Um, just limiting the shots to the outside and take away in the middle of the ice. And without any further ado, let's cross the CBR Brave captain, Matt Harvey, and uh, here's his preview for the finals weekend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, very special guest on the AIHL podcast, CBR Brave captain, Matt Harvey. Uh, Matt, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, now, now, Matt, you guys come into this weekend's final as the defending champions. How does that feel for the, uh, the, for the team? I think it's a bit of a bolster of confidence going into the finals. Um, looking forward to a rematch of last year and playing the Bears first. Um, and yeah, I just think everyone's feeling pretty good overall. Had another good season this year and yeah, just lots of confidence at the same time. We also know that it all comes down to this weekend, which is kind of the, the crazy thing about this league. Now, Matt, um, you've been, uh, obviously the Brave have had two weeks off the last game was a week ago and, and now you're coming into the finals um what have you guys have been what have you guys been doing um on and off the ice to keep you, your minds in the game and um to get ready for the city bears on saturday yeah i think it's kind of nice just having a weekend off to uh, a couple of the guys um a couple of the imports went away to different places just to check out some sites um of australia and then a lot of the guys on the team yeah i'm just kind of done a few team start, team things, hung out a bit. Um, nothing too crazy or eventful um, before the finals. And, yeah, just on the ice and off the ice, just <clears throat> making sure that we're all prepared. And now, Matt, we've spoken at length, obviously, about your record-setting season with the CBR Brave. I mean, even after 26 wins out of 28 games, is there anything that you guys really want to work, work on or knuckle down coming into this weekend? Um... Yeah, I think the way that with a season like that, it's mainly just about being consistent. So I think um, well, there's <clears throat> definitely been a few things we've been working on as far as just our own composure, um, making sure that everyone um, is kind of staying out of the stuff that can sometimes happen in finals and staying away from suspensions, things like that. So yeah, more or less just kind of stick to our game and stick to what we know best. Um and then, yeah, like we've kind of done all year too, adapt when we need to. Now, Matt, you've had the uh, wood over the Bears this season. You've won three of them. The Bears beat you at the start of the season when you're arguably a bit more of a depleted lineup. Um, what have you noticed uh, about their game? How how different is it from last year? And, and um, how tough are they on the ice in terms of uh, what you're going to expect on Saturday? Um, yeah, definitely a team where I think there's going to be so it's going to be a gritty game going off of last year in the finals and everything like that. So I think we have a bit of a rivalry against them, which will be exciting. Um, we just kind of, yeah, just, uh, can't really give away all their secrets or anything like that, but we know they play a pretty strategic game. We the puck from the back, rely on a few key defenders to move it up. And then think we just have our plan defensively and then a lot of the time our offense is pretty free-flowing and creative so we just kind of let her make sure we're taking care of our own end and then our offense is just hopefully going to open up 
Now, one thing I'm really looking forward to in that first semi final is the the goaltender matchup. Uh, Mac Limey is going to be going uh, head to head with uh, Anthony Kumlin. Just tell me a little bit about obviously your defenseman. What's what's it like to have a guy like Climey behind you? Yeah, Climey is pretty unreal. Definitely the best goalie that I've had uh, back me. Can never score in the guy in practice. It's pretty frustrating. <laughs> um, but yeah, he um, just playing with him. He's just he's a rock star back there. He's very composed all the time. Uh, and I don't think you kind of see that unless um, someone's come from somewhere close to where he's came from as far as his caliber of play. But obviously, yeah, on the other end, we have, there's Kimlin, and he's highly respected. So we just got to know that we are going to have to do whatever it takes to get the puck on net for him and create a lot of traffic. And I think that's what it kind of comes down to. Like, I guess you call it the playoff hockey here, um, <clears throat> making sure that, yeah, he's not getting easy shots and just going to pepper him. Yeah, Matt, uh, the CBR Brave Fair faithful have been uh, really great all year um, and you, we're expecting a, a big crowd travelling contingent up there in Newcastle. What's the atmosphere like around the club right now, particularly from the fans? I mean, there was some appreciation today on uh, social media about the, you know, the locals getting behind the Brave going back-to-back. What's the, what's the input been like from uh, the, the faithful? Yeah, definitely. I think our fans, no matter what, like they're they've had our back from year one, especially um, with the Brave. And then now that we, yeah, lifted the cup last year, they're just more excited to go do it again. And <clears throat> I think, yeah, as far as um, the places go to play and everything like that, and I think Newcastle is more of kind of a a vibe like Canberra as far as the rink goes. So I think with that many people there, it's going to be. A great event. Um, everyone's going to be pretty much packed into it, and we're going to—I think—they're going to do their best to make it pretty much the Brave Cave for us in Newcastle. Yeah, actually, Matty, I wanted to ask you about some of your passionate fans. I've seen uh, your photographer Scott Stevenson. He's—he's he's dyed his hair for the weekend. What's the most? Uh, what's the craziest thing? Or what's the most intense fan thing you've seen in 2019? Ooh. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I think he'd be up there with something like that, what he does with his hair. Um, I'd give a shout-out to, like, more of, like, the older fans, the Bravehearts, because they've just been, like, diehard forever. And um, even though some of them moved away, they still show up to different parts of um, different places that we play, still kind of geared up in their Braveheart clan. Um, as far as, like, craziest fan goes, I don't know. I'm running, running dry here. Let's see. <laughs> Now, Matt, also wanted to ask you, this is your sixth year in the league now. Um, in terms of your personal development as a player and the goals that you've sort of set for yourself, I mean, obviously winning the Goodall Cup last year after uh, a few goes previously um, would have been the, the pinnacle. What are, you, are there any sort of goals that you're sort of setting for yourself um, at this stage of your career and, and how are you seeing your career develop um, given the, the, the length of time you spent with the Brave and at the AIHL? Um, yeah, I'm getting to be kind of an older guy. I'm 33 now, and my body's probably 64. So I'm <laughs> making what happens for me is like just to get ready for each season. Um, those are kind of my personal goals: is are just to prepare myself for the season, really do whatever I can, and also I think I have like kind of goals every year that I put on myself to try and improve because I think in this league it's always getting better. So if you're not improving yourself or working on aspects of your game, then you just kind of, you kind of fall a bit. So yeah, it all kind of comes down to your own um, 
just like personal goal setting physically in the gym, everything like that. But then also what you can kind of do mentally as well and just any other stuff that, yeah, you can kind of work on to take your game to another level. And then another kind of overall aspect would be more kind of a leadership role. So just making sure that the whole team is getting along well, creating a good culture. Um, that kind of transfers to my overall goals for the team. So I guess, yeah, being an older guy, rather than it all being about yourself and your personal achievements, it just kind of comes down to more of what we're doing as a team. And actually, um, speaking of the, the, the team there, Matty, uh, the CBR Brave in previous seasons have sometimes relied pretty heavily on their top two lines, particularly in, on the finals weekend. I mean, this year, uh, obviously, with the success you had, uh, we've seen Rob Stark uh, give plenty of ice time to, to some of the younger guys, the local guys, and we're really seeing a three-line game from the CBR Brave. Is that something we can expect uh, in the finals weekend this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, obviously be rolling the guys that are going the best um but yeah i think in previous years i've played finals and seen finals where if you are just rolling those two lines like sometimes you can squeak by that first game but going into finals could definitely be a little fatigued um so i think yeah it's definitely best to roll three and gain an edge over not just game one but also uh in game two kind of having that having that advantage in upper hand and also, at the same time, too, if you play your line smart and kind of design your line smart, you have, I guess, the extra option to figure your matchups. You're not only just working with two. Yeah. Uh, now, Matt, we know that hockey players can be, be pretty superstitious sort of characters. Are there any guys inside the CBR Brave that have some sort of uh, like pre-game superstition? And, and is that sort of caught on amongst the team and it's really going to pick up momentum in this finals weekend? Um. I would say as far as like a team thing, we're pretty um, like definitely there's some individual superstitions. Bailey Kubara, that guy, if you watch him game day, he probably has like 90 superstitions. But as far as the whole team goes, we just kind of stick to what we always do. And that's kind of go for a breakfast, hang out with the guys, go play some sewer ball. Um, that kind of, that's like our mainstay go-to thing. So we don't really change too much outside of that. And, try and keep things pretty like calm and loose um yes especially for the finals and, and who's the dj in the room who's got control of the ipod um mainly dj tetro yeah um yeah he's pretty slick with his controls back there practicing up to be uh, a grand dj one day <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, look, thank you very much for joining us on the AHL podcast. Good luck this week uh, for the 2019 AHL finals. Hey, much appreciated for having me on. Thanks very much. Well, there we have it, Steve. That was our chat with CBR Brave captain Matt Harvey. Uh, interesting to get a little bit of an insight into the CBR Brave locker room. DJ Tetro, I uh, wonder if he'll be uh, spinning the victory songs this weekend. Well, you'd hope so. You hope he's got some good jams. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's interesting. We talked about it. it's his sixth season in the Brave with the in the AHL with the Brave, only the one team, obviously. Um, and you know, at his stage of his career, it's interesting to get his insight on what sort of keeps him motivated. Mm. Um, obviously, attaining the Goodall Cup last year after so many tries, um, it can be sometimes hard to stay focused, particularly at, at that age. And if you've you know you've won, um, it can be hard to repeat. This is just that's a cultural phenomenon amongst sports worldwide. But it can it can also work the other way. Um, but it was it was good to hear his uh, his little insight on that because always sort of interested in particularly the older players, what drives them, particularly when they've had so much success already. 
All right, Steve, let's jump over to semi-final number two, and that is the Newcastle North Stars, the unofficial home team taking on the Perth Thunder. Uh, now, this is going to be a fantastic matchup, and I don't think there will be a spare seat in the house. I am anticipating North Stars fans to be hanging off the rafters for this one. Uh, this one is certainly going to be loud. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, two teams uh, that are sort of coming into it with different levels of form, but the North Stars did finish the season on a high. And um, as we mentioned, yeah, the, the Perth Thunder with a pair of wins uh, in Melbourne. Correct. And, and this is a obviously a very easily matched up um, uh, f- fixture. However, if you look at the season meetings, though, like the Thunder uh, only won the one over there in Perth Ice in that last um, doubleheader in August. They won the Saturday game, and, and the North Stars came back and on the Sunday and won 7-3. Then the two uh, games in Newcastle, North Stars 5-3 and North Stars 6-1. Uh, so the, the North Stars have the psychological edge. They're also, also going to have the psychological edge being at home in their own barn, um, deafening, as Sammy Banger will uh, talk about later, I'm sure. But uh, also having a look um, at this one, a uh, slight edge on the on the special teams uh, to the North Stars, uh, both on the power play. That, that's pretty even at 22.05% to 21%. Penalty kill uh, is in favour of the of the North Stars, 83 to 78%. So the uh, slight edge in the special teams there to Newcastle. The Thunder can stay out of the box. Um, they shouldn't have as many problems. Uh, the goal scoring is, is interesting because that's... That's relatively even. North Stars 124 and Thunder 115. Um, the goals against, though, that, that's the North Stars arguably... You know, Dane Davis, who's had a stellar season. Nico Vixen has been fantastic for the Thunder as well. But um, the North Stars might have that slight edge at the back end. So, But you, you, when you look at um, uh, the, the Thunder defence, obviously you've got Rob Hazelhurst, who played in the Newcastle system last year, and Jamie Woodman, uh, etc. So... Um, more of an evenly matched game, uh, slight edge to the North Stars, but then you've got to add that they're on home ice in front of their fans and they've got that psychological edge. If the, if the Thunder can slay North Stars at home, that would that would boost them massively going into this, their Sunday game, no matter who they play, because that kind of adversity um, is massive. But for the North Stars, I mean, obviously, they want to do it for their home fans and, and you know, John Kennedy's been fantastic in his debut season uh, for Newcastle. And also, you know, Ray Sheffield and Joey Terrio. I just said, <laughs> had to mention him after last week. But, um, yeah, this is, this is going to be a good game as well. So um, I can't pick this one, to be honest. I think, you know, the, the brain says Newcastle in terms because they're at home. The Thunder heart sort of says Thunder. The brain also sort of half says Thunder. So I'm going to sit on the fence on this one and just let the chips fall where they lie. Yeah, I think the keys to success if the Thunder are going to win their first semi-final and play in their first good all-cup final, I think is staying out of the penalty box. As we've seen in years past when they've got away from their game plan, they've ended up with um, some of their star players in the penalty box. These one-and-done semi-finals can really get away from you pretty quickly. And some of the weapons that the North Stars have on that power play, like uh, Sammy Banger and Trey Phillips, these two guys who are they're very elusive with the puck. They can sort of score from you know once they sort of step out over you know behind that goal line. They, they can shoot the puck from anywhere and they are going to be a threat. So, uh, I mean, for, for the Thunder, this is the opportunity for them to play the perfect road game and try to beat the North Stars in their home barn uh, on a finals weekend. Sure, and to, to further reiterate that point about penalties, I mean, Kevin Value has been the best player for the Thunder, arguably, other than Kieran Webster. Uh, he's also got 112 penalty minutes this year. I mean, one of them, yes, was that uh, incident down in Melbourne against the Mustangs, but... Um, that being said, he's just, if he can keep a cool head, 
I mean, last weekend against the Ice, he got he he chopped someone in the last two minutes of the game, and I saw Dave Ruck's um, heart go in his mouth um, mm. because we all remember last year when Landon Oslansky got suspended in the last game of yeah. the season against Newcastle. Uh, that sort of dented their finals uh, run as well. And you're quite right. I remember 2017, the Thunder just lost their heads there in that third period, uh, and that was them done for the finals run. So that's uh, going to be the key here. I think even strength is going to determine this game. And without any further ado, let's cross to Newcastle North Stars forward Sammy Banger for his final preview. Ladies and gentlemen, very special guest on the AIHL podcast, Newcastle North Stars forward Sammy Banger. Sammy, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Now, Sammy, uh, very exciting time for North Stars and the North Stars fans. Uh, you'll be playing in the good old cup finals this weekend in Newcastle. What's the buzz like in Newcastle uh, for finals week? Uh, I mean, the buzz has been pretty good. I mean, uh, Newcastle has been in the finals the last couple of years for uh, organizations that are used to being there. Um, there's a big buzz around the town, and especially being able to host it, there's, a, there's an extra, extra buzz around the uh, town and the rink, and there's a lot going on at the rink, and the community's really engaged in it, and it's going to be an exciting weekend, I think, for everyone. Now, uh, Tammy, this is uh, obviously your second season. You had a half season last year. Um, Obviously, making the Goodall Cup finals was the priority uh, for Newcastle, and of course, Gary Dory doesn't like to make the, miss the finals. Um, what's the what's the vibe around the actual in the dressing room and amongst the players um, in terms of making this charge uh, back to the Goodall Cup finals, particularly on home ice? Uh, I mean, I think it started almost uh, at the end of last season when John was appointed coach and. He took over and switched a few things and I know the boys started skating a lot earlier and training a lot earlier in January than they used to so I mean there's a lot of expectations in Newcastle making the finals every year and not making it for two years a uh, few things needed to change and I think the boys put in a lot of work in the off season in the summertime here and it paid off such at the start of the year we got off to a really really good start and it paved the way along the season we hit our bumps and roads there and fought a little bit of adversity like a lot of teams do but I think we're on a right track going into finals here. Yeah, actually, you mentioned that that great start, Sammy, and also the adversity in the, in the second half of the season. Um, but but you yourself, you 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 managed to find the back of the net and got picked up plenty of helpers this year. You finished third in the league in scoring with 66 points. With all of that adversity going on, how, how did you find? What were some of the tools and techniques you used to keep your point production up at that high level? Uh, I mean, coming into the season, it was very unique for me. Uh, it was like my first time in my hockey career, probably 20-plus years that I wasn't playing uh, last season. I didn't play in North America or in Europe. Uh, I had a long, long season the year before in four different countries and completing my master's at Brock University where I just needed a kind of a recharge. So, uh, I mean, just I think just relaxing and getting in really good shape. I mean, I trained a lot before coming out here just because I really didn't have anything else to do besides work. So, uh it helped me come out here in good shape, and I was really excited to get the season going. And I mean, I'm was fortunate enough to play with great players. I've been playing with Francis a lot for uh, for most of the season, and even goodbye when he was here at the beginning of the season. So collectively as a whole, it's it's been really good. And I've my teammates have helped me out on the way, and we're hoping that it pays off in the finals here. And uh, yeah, speaking of the um, the accolades too, Sammy you got the MVP award last week uh, at the awards. Um, what did that mean to you? And and obviously some of your other teammates have picked them up. Dane Davis getting the best defensive player. What was uh, what was that like? 
Yeah, yeah, we gave Dane a little hard of a time. We didn't see that one coming, but I mean, he is the goaltender and he is the last uh, line of defense for us. So, I mean, he has to be our best defenseman out there, I guess. But um, no, I mean, getting the MVP was, um, it was awesome. I mean, um, can't thank my teammates. I mean, they helped me out and the coaching staff, they, they put me on in the situations, uh, any situation out there. So I'm happy they believed in me. But yeah, it was nice to see all the guys get the awards. My roommate, Charlie Smart, uh, he got best uh, local. And I know he put in a lot of work this year and he's played well this season. So he's an up-and-coming goaltender in this league as well. So, yeah, I mean, it was a good night and it was nice to get those individual awards. But, I mean, they really don't mean much to uh, when, the, when the good old cup's on the line. So, Actually, um, so speaking of your, your, your semi-final matchup, you're playing the Perth Thunder. Um, now, you guys beat them three times. They beat you once uh, this year. And th- that time that they did beat you was that uh, that recent road trip over to Perth where you where you split the weekend with them. H- how do you feel like you guys match up against the Perth Thunder, particularly at this end of the season? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like the regular season is almost a wash. I mean, when you get to playoffs, or especially in these one-game elimination uh, scenarios, anything can happen. I mean... They're a great team. They got great imports. Uh, Robert Hazelhurst is my old roommate from last year, so we've had a little banting going on this week about the weekend. So I'm excited to play him. But no, I mean, I think I think you could ask them, and they think we they stack up well against us, and we can say the same thing about ourselves against them. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. We've got to be ready, and uh, hopefully everyone shows up to play. Uh, Sammy, one of the um, the sort of themes around the North Stars this year, I mean, we talked to uh, Bert Malloy earlier on the podcast in the season, and be- particularly that the injuries um, and obviously our overseas absences of some of the players, that it's sort of been like that next man up mentality. What's that sort of been like at the Newcastle where, you know, you bring guys like Chalks and, and Matt Wetney back in um, who haven't played that much this year or in the last couple of seasons, um, and the, the, the camaraderie that builds around the team? Uh, yeah, I mean, like any, like a lot of teams, they go through injuries during the season. For some reason, I feel like we had a new guy hurt every week, and there were a lot of our key guys, too, with import changes as well. I mean, yeah, we had to go through that adversity, and, I mean, it was next next man up mentality, like you said, and thank God we have guys like uh, Matt Wattini and Chalker that are available to us who've, who've been in the Newcastle organization for years and won championships here where they can – not be here for a couple months and be able to step in one day and just play, play the game, play a simple game and help us when we were down bodies. So yeah, it was an interesting year with injuries. We joked about it where a lot of us haven't been on a team where we've had this many injuries, but we've, we've been slowly getting healthy and we're hopefully in the peaking at the right time. And now, Sammy, in regards to your entire hockey career, what other teams have you been on that have been championships teams and what are some of those memories for you? Um, I mean, my first year of junior hockey back in Canada, I was playing in my hometown in uh, Windsor, Ontario. Um, funny, funny enough, my assistant coach here, Joey Terrio, used to work at the ice hockey arena there. So we kind of, that was kind of one of my connections of coming out here 10 years ago. <laughs> I met him 10 years ago, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I was uh, fortunate enough to win a championship, uh, my first year of junior hockey there. And that was an unbelievable experience, unbelievable experience. And you always think it's going to happen every year, but obviously it doesn't. And, um, yeah, I had a long uh, college career at Brock University. Uh, we never won the championship, but we were able to win our conference and go to nationals. So, I've been on I've been on both sides of teams that have been winning championships and teams that have been at the bottom of the standing. So, you're just trying to find you're just trying to find that even keel, and hopefully, we can uh, win the championship this weekend. And uh, yeah, Sammy, uh, 
one other one other question is uh, in terms of your teammates this year, who's uh, who's been giving you uh, the most stick, or is there anyone you want to dob in for uh, any stories? Um, considering it's the last weekend of the season, and you and that's it after that, <laughs> a bit of hit and run. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, uh, I don't want to make any enemies here, but you know, <laughs> we have, we have, we have, we have a great locker room. I mean, uh, it's a good mix of like older guys and younger guys. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have a lot of the older guys on our team and core players have kids, families. And then there's a, the younger, younger one of us, the imports and a couple of the young Aussies. So we try to keep the locker room light and we get the stories out for the boys and it's a good banter in the room. So it's a good, it's good camaraderie in there, and we enjoy being around each other's company. And uh, is there anyone in the room whose pregame ritual drives you nuts, or, or are you the guy with the pregame ritual that drives everyone crazy? You know what? It's, it's weird. Our team doesn't really have many guys who have a big pregame ritual. I mean, I feel like everyone just plays sewer ball, soccer outside. We get, we go through a team warm up with our strength and conditioning coach Josh, and. Other than that, guys are kind of loose in the room. I mean, I try to keep. I think I try to keep it as loose as possible uh, with the other imports, and I think that's a main thing for us, just to not not kind of get guys get too too, uh, too serious. And I mean, not too serious. We're just trying to keep an even kill in the locker room, and we're trying to enjoy ourselves. We're here playing hockey at the same time. We want to win, so I feel like when everyone's in a more relaxed mood, it makes these things easier on the ice. Uh, now, Sammy, it's going to be a slightly different environment there in the the Newcastle barn, obviously with extra seating, extra capacity, and as we as we've mentioned many times, extra everything's going to be on the line in these one game series. Uh, I, what what can fans expect in Newcastle, and and what are you looking forward to the most stepping on the ice? Uh, I, I just think the atmosphere is going to be amazing. I mean, I played in small. I mean. Obviously, a lot of people know Melbourne is probably the first-class rink in the league, but, I mean, I think Newcastle is the second-best rink in the league, and it just has that tight-knit it's that tight knit rink where, I mean, I feel like a lot of imports have played over in Canada and that those small junior communities, and those rinks get really loud, especially in big games. I mean, I feel like how many people we can fit in there, 900 to 1,000 people, is gonna, it's going to feel a lot louder than it would in Melbourne just because of the capacity of it and the size of it and I just think it's going to be a rowdy atmosphere and no matter who's playing in the finals I mean hopefully it's us and we know those Canberra fans get loud so I think it's going to be exciting it's going to be fast hockey the ice is really good in uh, Newcastle so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see and hopefully the ner- guys nerves aren't too bad but I think it'll be fun playing in front of uh, the guys family and friends. Cool, awesome. Thank you very much, Sammy, for joining us on the AIHL podcast and good luck at the uh, 2019 AIHL finals. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Well, there we have it, Steve. That was our chat with Sammy Banger. Really interesting that he came into this season well-rested and uh, certainly been reflected in his point production. Uh, he ended up finishing third on the AHL scoring ladder with 66 points in 28, played in all 28 games. So, look, rested Sammy Banger is a very dangerous Sammy Banger. Yeah, for sure. And, and as we touched on, he's been healthy. He's the only one of the few players in Newcastle to play all 28 games, regular season games this season, you know, despite the you know the casualty list that had been piling up there at one stage up in the Hunter Valley. So uh, it's great to see him get to pick up the MVP award uh, for the North Stars this year. And as we obviously talked about a week or two ago in terms of uh, league awards, he's, mm. he's definitely in the mix for the, for the MVP. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. And look for the North Stars. Uh, I mean, they're obviously getting to play at home and getting to play against a team that's going to travel the furthest amount of distance out of any team in Australia. Um, how do you feel that plays out for teams as far as preparations go? Well, yeah, speaking to a very animated Stan Scott after the, after the Melbourne Ice game in terms of uh, the cost of tickets at this side, this uh, stage of the year uh, to Newcastle, obviously they're flying to Sydney and then driving up, but still a very costly fare. It's the longest road trip in the in the league. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays uh, a factor, if any. I mean, they are flying in on the, on the Friday, so they do have that uh, day to rest. They're not flying in on the, on the same day as, uh, as, as sometimes can be the case, and that's... Uh, you know, a very quick turnaround. But um, no, I, th- I'm, I don't think at this stage of the season um, that's going to be too much of a factor, particularly when you, you, you're preparing for it and you've done it uh, at least once um, or twice this season. So um, I think uh, Thunder should be able to handle that uh, mm. relatively simply. Yeah, and I, I know the. Uh, I mean, sometimes for the home team, the the fans can be on top of the guys before the game, and that can sort of sometimes you know get in the in the way of their game day routine, or get a little bit emotional with all the family there because uh, you know they they've grabbed tickets for. But what I, one thing I will say is the Perth Thunder or. Um, are always very well represented at finals weekends and their fans do travel. So uh, tip of the hat to all Thunder fans uh, who are traveling this weekend. Uh, I know it's a huge road trip for you guys as well and um, it's certainly going to be appreciated by the Thunder players. Yeah, and there were plenty of them in Melbourne last week, uh, which was good to see. I mean, a lot of the, traditionally they like to come over for the, they come over the week before because the Thunder usually play their last games of the season in Melbourne um, and regular season, and then they plan to come over for the week. So yeah, that's good to see. I'm sure there'll be plenty of them in attendance. And fans, if you want to catch all the AIHL finals action, the all three games are being streamed on the AIHL YouTube channel. So make sure you jump onto YouTube, search for AIHL. You can subscribe to that channel and you'll get all the notifications of when the finals broadcasts are going live. Uh, look, good luck, Steve, to the Newcastle media team who are going to be working. Uh, they're going to be running around this weekend uh, doing a finals weekend. Uh, big opportunity for these guys. And um, look, I'll certainly be tuning into the stream and um, cheering everyone on yeah and uh my best wishes to michael smith and crew uh their first finals uh gig i mean i the last time it was obviously 2012 uh can all hear the stories of the commentary uh commentary uh scaffolding above where the cameras usually are uh, the two-tier um that was about you know, seven years ago now so uh, my best wishes there. i'm obviously not uh, making the trip up this year my first uh First finals in seven years I haven't called, so I'm um, just going to be enjoying this one as a fan. Uh, so, um, But, yeah, my best wishes to Peter Lambert and, all, and everyone up there uh, as they prepare for the uh, the finals. It's a it's a big, big stressful thing. I mean, I've, having worked so many of them, uh, we've got it sort of down to an art form down here, I'm not trying to blow our own trumpet <laughs> in terms of ATC, but um, once you've done a couple, then, you know, as long as you've got the lead time, um, it's it's a thing. It's all, but the first one is always a... A baptism of fire. I think the 2010 one uh, was the single shot camera from the top of the uh, the second balcony there at the Ice House the first year it opened. And then, um, yeah, the second year was uh, a bit of an improvement and, and so on and so on. So, um, yeah, so I think three o'clock, I think pregame I've heard starts from 2.30 Australian Eastern um, on the Saturday. So, yeah, make sure you tune in for all those on AHL TV. Yeah, I certainly know being uh, live at the finals, it's it's an emotional roller coaster on that first semi-final day. Uh, you come in, you're all pumped up, you get ready for that first semi-final, and uh, usually those first semi-finals never disappoint. They always come down to the wire, uh, and then it's not like a regular game where you stop 
uh, you can turn off your brain and go home. You've literally got to turn around, do it all again three hours later, and you've got to do it with just as much vigor and just as much effort uh, as you put in for that first semi-final. Oh, it is too. I mean, people think oh, I was just commentary in terms of my role or whatever, but it is pretty draining. If you've had a really good game before that and it's taken out of you, you've got to, yeah, as you said, come back, have something to eat. Um, if it's gone into overtime, you ain't got no time. So you've got to turn around and do it again and then come back the next time. I think we were talking about this, actually, James and I were talking about this on the weekend, some of the moments from the last few. I mean, 2017, I lost my voice and had to skull honey in the commentary box uh, to keep myself going. Clough did it 2016. with uh, He did it the year before. He had tonsillitis the whole year, and he, he, he was a bit rat, uh, want of a better term uh, in terms of that. So he had to battle through that. But um, and then we had uh, Jaff's little uh, <laughs> 2015, 57 different countries. So I won't talk about the, uh, some of the other stuff. But uh, no, it's like it's always a good weekend. It's always a lot of good stories that come out of it. And you know, generally the the whole hockey community is is there, and you get to hang out. Uh, the, the best part about it, I find, is the um, after the final on Sunday. I'm not sure what the arrangement is up in Newcastle, but at the Ice House, it's always, you, know, you have the, they have the drinks just over there um, on the other side of the, uh, the rink. Uh, they set up the bar and, and everyone has a chat and, and catch up. Um, and then, you know, it's a goodbye until next season. So um, that's always a good night. I mean, us personally, ATC, we, we have usually the Sunday night uh, crown visit. Uh, it's become a bit of a staple, but we're going to have to do that in absentia this year. On the, But uh, no, it should be good. Um, if you if you're out there, make sure you get you get involved in the uh, extracurricular activities and and uh, make sure you sort of get. Um, we're a pretty tight knit community already, but uh, make sure you you catch up with people because it's you know six seven months before you'll see them again. Actually, Steve, you just jogged my memory. Um, I believe it was the 2015 finals that went to overtime. Now, yep. if I'm correct the finals overtime is going to be a little bit different uh, to the regular season. So in the regular season, we had the five-minute three-on-three overtime. Am I correct in saying that the finals is another 20-minute five-on-five overtime period, followed by a potential shootout after that? It's... Uh, put me on the spot there, because I think it's the same as the same as 2015. It's just a double-eyed Jeff Rules. Mm. If I recall correctly, someone, if I'm, if I'm wrong, someone tweet me. But I'm, I'm fairly certain that it is the same five on five. I double IHF rules OT till there's a winner. Um, and I think there's no shootout. It just keeps going. Um, mm. Unless they've changed it, in, the Christian has changed it this year. I wasn't it. I'm ninety nine percent sure that they didn't change it that way, but hey, I, I could be wrong. Wrong about a lot of things, but uh, I'm fairly, fairly certain. According to my wife as well, I'm, going, I'm fairly certain that it is the same format as previous years. Well, Steve, uh, there we have it. We've reached the end of 2019. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask for your um, your favourite memory of 2019 regular season. Ooh, um, oh, I was going to say one of Rod's tweets. Uh, <laughs> Rod, Rod reading out the tweets has gone to another level this year. Um, maybe if we're going to go off ice, I think uh, watching Michael Clough uh, sample the pickled herring uh, on camera uh, during a uh, ATC meeting uh, at the request of Anders. Hello, if you're listening, Anders. Uh, but I'd say on ice, that's uh, that's a it's a really tough one because there are a lot of milestones this year. So many guys got to 200 games. Uh, Sean Jones got to 250. A lot of the Mustangs got to 200. Some of the Thunder players got to 200. We're in that sort of era where um, Mustangs and Thunder players that have the, the original lineups are now hitting the 200 um, plus game mark. Um, I actually don't can't pick one to be honest. There's been so many. I mean, yeah, I, I'm always a fan of a good dust up. You know, the Ice Dogs Ice uh, Punch On was pretty good the other week. Um, 
jo Aussie Joe's tweets always entertaining. Um, I'm sure he's going to be uh, tweeting in on on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, it's been a quite a few. I don't think I can pick one. I'm not trying to sound boring, but there's been some some. There's all, there always are, and I'm sure I'll think of them all after we finish the podcast. I mean, oh yeah, that was a, that was a good one. Mm. What no, about you, certainly. Um, for me, I've certainly loved the uh, plenty of the alternate jerseys in in uh, 2019. Uh, flashback to the Canberra Knights uh, jersey that brought back plenty of memories for me. So it was yeah. great to see the guys getting out there uh, in the Canberra Knights jerseys. And, and it just seems like the alternate jerseys are just every year they seem to be taking a step up. So I think it's a great look for the league. Uh, there's plenty of great stuff to get out there for for uh, fans and supporters. Actually, I think Fridge going to the bar after being ejected from the game, I think that's the story of 2019. That's <laughs> that's the, I, I, He told me the, the entire story uh, last week when the Ice Dogs were in town, but uh, I think that's uh, my little fun anecdote for the year. I think that's... Uh, that's my that's my favourite moment because you couldn't do that in any other league. <laughs> it's just before we go, Bernie, I just want to say some uh, thank yous to a few people um, around the league, uh, but mainly to the teams that didn't make it and their personnel, Mustangs, Ice Ice Dogs, and the Adelaide Adrenaline. Um, thanks for the for the season, guys and girls. Uh, really great on and off the ice. Um, really entertaining. Um, hope to catch some of you guys. Um, I won't be up there in Newcastle this weekend, but uh, around the league in the off-season. We all look forward to the off-season just as much as the season, I think. But uh, thanks uh, for your efforts this year, particularly Mustangs organisation. It was great uh, calling your games again. Uh, hopefully the dynamic duo in the commentary box uh, will reunite next year for uh, uh, our usual tweeting slash uh, calling games. But uh, no, it's been a, been a fun regular season and... Uh, We'll see what uh, happens this weekend, and, and hopefully uh, it'll be as uh, entertaining as the regular season was. Yeah, it's been a very enjoyable regular season. I'm going to give a shout-out to the, uh, the Sydney Ice Dogs uh, game day crew. Uh, they have been working really hard in 2019 to put on a show at the Macquarie Ice Rink, and it's been great to see the amount of new people coming out to watch the ice hockey in 2019. And, uh, look, it's it's really establishing itself as uh, as one of the, uh, an entertainment destination for uh, for Sydney hockey fans. So so well done to uh, all the Sydney Ice Dogs uh, game day crew. Uh, and, Steve, look, also before we go, I just want to give a shout out uh, to the referees they're going to have the hardest job this weekend uh, they've done a they've done a good job in 2019 and uh, they're going to have one of the toughest jobs on the finals weekend so they're not going to get them all right and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of controversies for us to talk to talk about next week but uh, look make sure you're nice to a referee this weekend yeah for sure and uh, I, I'm not sure what the assignments are yet I'll probably get the email tomorrow but uh, yeah, best of luck to those guys I have a, I have a fair idea who's probably going to get the games but uh, yeah it's a uh, also a good reward for recognition of doing a good job if you get assigned to the finals. Um, this, uh, people that don't know, there's a, a pool of referees that have flown over f from around the country to uh, officiate. There's a, obviously emergency refs. I think the last one was when Rick West got the puck in the face and mm. Jeff Scott had to come in, I think it was in the first or second period of the North Stars um, grand final the other, the other year. So, um, so yeah, let's... Stay safe on the ice and, and have a good call. I will say one other quick shout-out to everyone who tuned in to uh, ATC broadcasts uh, this year. We obviously said thank yous on Sunday after the Melbourne Ice game, but now quick thanks to everyone who tuned in to Ice Mustangs games uh, this year. Uh, been another great season. Um, we'll see what happens in the off-season, but uh, it's uh, been really fun. Um, and uh, keep the tweets, uh, the AHL game day tweets coming in. They're always good fun, um, and the band is great. So, uh, yeah, thanks to you guys. 
Well, there we have it, fans. We've reached the end of another AIHL podcast. Nothing left to do now but play the finals. Steve and I will be glued to the AIHL TV final stream, and we'll be back next week to talk about our brand new 2019 Little Hatch.